right, what is up, Retro Timers? Welcome back to another episode of the Retro Time Podcast. I'm Jeremy. I'm Derek. We got Derek over here, and uh, I got one one thing I want to say before we start today, Derek. Um, we got stickers! Beautiful. That's right. We got stickers. Uh, head on over to RetroTimePodcast.com slash stickers, uh, and you can uh, pick yourself up a sticker. Sweet little, uh, you know, high-quality, high die-cut vinyl for only a dollar shipped. Um, and that covers basically just cost and, and stamps and stuff to get us out to you. If you're outside of the States, I know we have a lot of people out in Europe and stuff that listen. Um, if you are outside of the States, give us a holler and we'll try to figure out what shipping costs look like to, to send it. I don't think it's that much more. Um, I don't know if it'll actually let you order it if you're outside of the United States because of how the shipping stuff is set up. So, uh, anyway, might fix that. Who knows? We'll see. Holler give us a holler if you got a problem. But we got some stickers. I'm really excited. I got them on my laptop, Derek. I gave Amy one. She's got one on her laptop. I got one on my work laptop, my personal laptop. I'm going to put one on my car. <laughs> oh, it's great. You can. I mean, my son put one on his forehead. <laughs> he put it on his forehead? He did. I hope it didn't hurt. It didn't. Vinyl, it didn't. Vinyls. It's not. It's it sticky enough to where it'll work on your forehead, peel right off just fine. And then I put it on the door to my little home office. It worked great. And it stuck? It stuck. It was great. Nice. Still sticking. So we got stickers. Pretty excited about that. Welcome back to uh, to Retro Time, everybody. Happy 2021. Uh, 2021 is not starting out so hot. Um, <laughs> I was listening I to say, uh, yeah. I was listening to um, to Wait Wait Don't Tell Me, and they made a joke about it being like December 37th, um, <laughs> and they were like, we're looking forward to January 1st. So um, anyway, we're uh, yeah, you know, whatever. Everything is going yeah. to hell these days, but. Um, I don't know. We could get political, but uh, we'll spare you because uh, Derek and I could go for, for probably hours talking about this stuff. But anyway, we have a, a pretty awesome episode today. Um, Derek, kick it off. Tell us what we're talking about today. Well, I kick it off talking about a quote that I heard from a CEO um, a couple years back. And the CEO, I uh, sent actually, I think it was in like one of those all hands emails um, they send out, you know, from time to time. And it just mm-hmm. said, the goal for the year for this particular CEO was to make their personal self as close to their professional self as possible, to make those persons merge. And merge, huh? Okay. Yeah, to make those persons merge, to make them to be like the same at home as they are at work, basically. And I had some conversations with my wife this week about some things she's dealt with in the past with like regards to uh, people she's worked with. And it just made me think be an interesting thing to talk about with uh, my man, Jeremy. Right on. Well, I'm happy to talk about it. Yeah, interesting. So that's like his goal is to merge the two. So I, see, I, you always hear about like bringing your authentic self to work. Um, right. And, you know, this idea of, uh, if, if, you, if you aren't familiar with it, the idea, you know, and I think a lot of this kind of comes from, uh, from um, you know, LGBTQ wanting to, you know, bring themselves to work, not have to hide the fact that they're gay at work because it's somehow inappropriate or it's not professional. Um, you know, uh, married traditional couples might have uh, pictures of their wife and husband and wife and kids, but, you know, a, a gay couple might be scared to have a picture of them and their husband or something on uh, on their desk and, and being afraid of uh, uh, coming out at work, for instance. Um, but as that's kind of evolved, I think a lot of people will start thinking, you know, in terms of just like the culture at work, um, being more casual, perhaps if, if you are more casual, wanting to wear 
I don't know, could be as silly as wearing shorts and a t-shirt to work or something. Uh, but this idea of uh, bringing your whole self to work um, is kind of, I think, how that's sort of evolved over time. Um, you know, maybe talking potentially about politics more at work or, or, or things like that, things that have been potentially uh, in the past frowned upon, right? Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I think yeah. that, um, you know, when you start to think back, too, about um, people wanting to bring their authentic selves to work and um, where they come from, their cultures, uh, different customs. Um, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, when you work, when you go into an environment that's different, you know, how do you adapt? How quickly can you adapt to that new environment? Um, if it's not quite familiar to you, if it's new. And uh, in thinking about this, I kind of thought back to when I was a kid and, and, you know, I didn't have a lot of, uh, friends that were, you know, that different than me racially, but I had a lot of friends that were different than me economically. So a lot of friends that had, you know, I was, I was not poor, but I didn't have, like, I didn't have the things that my quote unquote rich friends had or what I thought they had, you know? Um, and then they saw other people as at different ladders too. So later in life, when I would go to a fancy restaurant, I wasn't like completely out of my element because I knew some kids, but when I'd go to different parts of town, I felt scared because I was taught to feel scared. And so I felt inauthentic in those places. Um, I felt unfamiliar. Uh, and yeah. that can work. That can happen at work as well. You know? Yeah. So that's, that's the thing that, that I think is interesting with this topic. So, you know, who are you at work versus at home? Are you that different? You know, do you talk different? Do you act different? Do you dress different? Um, do you have different ideas? Do you say one thing at work versus saying another thing? at home. Um, and I think that's sort of, you know, the, the idea of being authentic at work, it's, um, I don't think anyone, I don't know that anybody, even like a, a CEO of a more traditional stuffy company, like a bank or a financial firm or something would want people to be fake at work. Um, but they may want you to be more formal at work. And if you're not comfortable being formal to you, that's inauthentic, right? Whereas the, the CEO of the bank, maybe they grew up wearing tuxedos or something. So for them, wearing a tie and a suit is actually more casual like than a baby. tuxedo that they'd be normally wear, right? Yeah. So I think that's interesting. So like the idea of the inauthentic versus unfamiliar, right? Different cultures, different customs, um, going from one culture to another culture and, and having one custom to another custom um, might seem to you inauthentic if that's not really you. Um but it's, it could just be because it's unfamiliar, to your point. Right. And it's, it even goes down to how we talk, too. So, like, we go into a different situation and we do this thing like this, this code switching, they call it, where you kind of customize right. your style of speech to the audience that you're kind of you're addressing. And we do right. it to people, but we're in an environment we feel uncomfortable. People are also doing it to us. A lot of times we don't think that right. everybody's trying to equilib like have equilibrium in an environment and a lot of times when we yeah. go to work we feel like you know hey i'm 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 this person at home like i'm i'm a like uh, i'm a skater boy you know whatever you know like or uh, you know see you later or but yeah. when i go to work i'm a i'm a uh i have to put my coat on and i have my suit you're a coder boy a coder boy. <laughs> a coder boy you could be a skater boy and then you're a coder boy and those those uh groups if if like their um 
their interests and their cultures are similar, which in, that's an interesting example because they're, they're kind of like, like coders are kind of seen as like nerds or play video games all the time. And, uh, it's a weirdly common, um, stereotype. That's actually pretty accurate. Um, (laughs) and then you talk to like teenagers. All right. So like if you brought a bunch of teenagers in with a bunch of coders, you'd probably have a lot of like similar cultural aspects. And that's why when you go to like, um, the Google campus and you see everyone acting like they're in college, that's probably why, you know, um, cause the, cause those, uh, those groups have similar interests. And yeah. so like yeah. I go, I, I, I go back to this example that you used with the CEO. I don't, I don't know what CEO was, but I, I imagine most CEOs probably, uh, will play golf. Right. Yeah. So like, and I'm just uh, totally generalizing here, but I, I'm just wondering, you know, like, you know, if this CEO, when he says, I want to, I want to get my merge, my authentic self and my work self, is he saying, you know, I, I want to wear polo shirts to work, you know, and khakis instead of uh-huh. a, a suit. Right. And so like, what does that mean for someone else that might be completely inauthentic, but for that CEO, that's totally authentic. Right. So I think that's like kind of interesting how that kind of plays into this. I, I, I wonder like how that person meant that to be interpreted by other people. Like if I'm going to start wearing my polo shirts, like all of his like staff going to start showing up in the polo shirts and khakis because they just want to look like him or be like him and and are, are themselves not being authentic, you know, like one guy like showing up, you know, I don't know, just like jeans and, and Chuck, Chuck Taylor's or something, um, because that's his authentic self. Um, would that have been looked down upon? I wonder, I guess there's no way to answer that. Cause we don't know, you know, specifically the CEO personally, but I know this is kind of interesting how, how that, that can turn into that. Um, that idea of code switching though is interesting. So like, you know, you, you mentioned like we do it and then other people do it to us. And I wonder like how often we even realize that people are doing it to us. Yeah. You know, and if we were to then see, you know, I'm just thinking like code switch, like for me personally, you know, like I, I say dude a lot or man, hey man, hey dude, you know, um, I personally don't avoid saying that at work. Um, like when I'm on the, when I'm on a call with, with other people, even people that are higher than me, I'm like, Hey, you know, Hey Joe, what's up, man? How you doing today? Um, I don't say, hello, Joe, how are you? Pleasure talking to you. Thank you for your time. You know, like I, I don't, um, necessarily, I, th- I don't like to think that I do that code switching to be honest. Um, but I'm sure that I do it. And it's kind of interesting because now I want to pay attention to it and see uh, how often I catch myself speaking a little bit differently. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I've worked with Jeremy for quite a while. Uh, and so I know that, uh, spoiler alert, you do it. <laughs> But you do don't I? do it to a degree that other people do it. And if you don't know, if you don't know Jeremy really well, it's actually pretty hard to pick up on. Um, okay, so I'm, now I'm curious. <laughs> Give me. I, I, I know. Like, I try del- not. You're to just curse. more deliberate. Like when you when okay, you when yeah, you deliver information, you're more deliberate about it. You're less casual. When you're when you're in like your personal self, you are much more casual about how you're delivering information, how you're, how you're saying things. You're not worried about if you say it in the right order or whatever you catch yourself, you make jokes about what you just said and things like that. That is your more dick jokes too. Yeah. 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 It's a a lot of them. (laughs) Don't Um, do those at work. Yeah. (laughs) Those are just inappropriate. You know what? That's actually the the thing. Part of this too, though, is, is, um, you know, for instance, I don't say dick jokes at work. Um, there's a difference between, between being inauthentic and being unprofessional. 
um, or being authentic and being unprofessional, right? I mean, you have to know <laughs> when when not to start, you know, saying inappropriate jokes at work because it's not the time or place for jokes. Um, and then even after work, if you go out with some of those people from work, like who are the people at work that you can make inappropriate jokes with? Um, you know, it, it's probably best to just not even do it <laughs> just because it's it could end up leading to, to just issues for you in the future. Uh, as an example, Derek, I, I, I tend not to do a lot of dick jokes with people that I work with, even outside of work, <laughs> mostly because, um, you know, I, I don't. You know, who knows what could ever happen in the future if any of that stuff could ever, you know, come back to bite me or whatever. But that idea of code switching is is really uh, interesting to think about. And I would maybe challenge people to just start thinking about that and to be aware of it. Not that it's a bad thing. Um, but I think it's I think it's interesting to just be aware of when and and how you speak and, and uh, if you use different slang words and things like that. Again, I, I'm not sure that's really necessarily being inauthentic. You know, I mean, I think about like, for instance, this, this example that you... Uh, talk about being familiar versus unfamiliar. Um, if I, you know, like for, in college, I worked at Chili's, for instance, right? And I, I um, waited tables at Chili's. The things that you do at Chili's that are, you can be your authentic self and maybe joke around with some people and be way more informal at Chili's. But if I were to go get a job at, you know, a fancy restaurant like Commander's Palace or something in New Orleans, um, and I tried to act as if I acted when I worked at Chili's, they would like drag me out of there by like, you know, my black t-shirt or whatever that you're supposed to wear at Chili's. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you don't act the same way that you act at Chili's when you go to a fancy fine dining restaurant. And even if you think, well, it's inauthentic for me to like, you know, say yes, sir, or no, sir. It's not appropriate. And that's not the place for it. Right. Um, I'm trying to just think like those are clearly different. I'm trying to think like parallels between work. Like if I'm a software developer at a startup, I'm probably going to act a lot differently than I would if I were a software developer at a bank. Yeah. Right. The cultures of those two places are likely very, very different. I would imagine the bank is not going to have a keg of beer in in the lobby next to your desk or whatever. They're probably not going to have ping pong tables. They're probably not going to have video games, you know unless it's like a, maybe a fintech startup or something. But if it's, you know, Wells Fargo Bank, I imagine they're not going to have these things. I've never worked at a Wells Fargo. I don't know anybody who does, but I just have a hard time thinking like they're going to do or they're going to treat their employees like a startup would, you know? And I think they probably expect people to act in a more professional way when executives come into town, for instance. Sure. Right. Um, now that actually reminds me of a time back at our old office where we actually had executives come in and mm. they sent out an email to the office and they said, wear your polo shirts and your khakis, you know, uh, because at our office, everybody wore t-shirts and jeans and stuff. Yeah. And I remember when the guy came, he even said, you know, like, what is everybody? He's like, I always heard you guys were more casual and laid back. You know, he's like, when I come in town, you don't need to dress up for me, <laughs> you know? And I kind of think about like that as like a leader, like bringing my authentic self. I kind of want others to bring my authentic self as well. And I don't expect people to just be like me or be my authentic self. I want them to be their own, their, their own authentic selves. Sure. Um, you know, I don't know. It's kind of interesting though. Um, so there's that just like time to be your separate self and not, you know, I don't know. No, that's a good point. Uh, you, one thing to, to think about too, is that, you know, there are some things that you can't, you can't give up as a part of being professional being respectful of other people, being kind, mm -hmm. 
being diligent, making sure you get your work done. If you do those simple, basic things, then your authentic self will probably be accepted in the new environment. Um, that is if the culture is an accepting culture. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, if you bring your authentic self to work and you're, and the culture isn't, um, maybe everybody is very stuffy and you bring a real wild sense to the, you know, uh, to the office or whatever, and you're like always wearing crazy outfits or whatever, then yeah, maybe it'll be a little bit different. But I think you have a lot better chance of being accepted in the new culture and feeling, feeling like, um, you know, it's more familiar to you if, uh, you're respectful, um, you know, yeah. kind and, and diligent in your new, in whatever role you're in. Yeah, I, I think about like at our old office too, we had this guy um, who would wear like these crazy pants. Yeah, I love those pants. And just the crazy, awesome, these amazing pants, the multicolored, just crazy, crazy pants. And um, it, it was just like his quirk, you know, it was like, oh, that's, that's that dude, he wears those silly pants. Um, and that was like him being his authentic self. He had like, you know, crazy mutton chops and all this stuff, and he, but he got his work done and like it was... Um, you know, it, it wasn't like just some kind of shtick. It was like just him being himself. I'm also thinking back at high school. I had my, my buddy Ryan used to do that. So we went to Catholic school and we had to wear uniforms, right? But if you had a presentation or something, uh, they would let you wear a suit or a coat and a tie or a, a sports jacket and a tie or something oh, like that, nice. right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, to look nice. So every once in a while, Ryan would show up in a sports coat and uh tie right and um it, we're like somebody was like oh do you have a thing he's like yeah i have a presentation in english class english class or whatever and then you get an english class he's like you have a presentation in religion class you know at the catholic school and so we found out like i didn't i didn't know this until like and i was good friends with him i didn't know this until after we graduated that he would just wear a coat and tie to work randomly when he felt like it just because <laughs> he just liked wearing coats and ties and i'm just thinking about like i would love it if like i saw i went to like a startup everybody's in like shorts and flip-flops but there was like one dude in a suit because he just really liked wearing suits <laughs> i just think that's so funny the idea the concept of that um because that's their authentic selves you know like um how i met your mother uh what's his name neil patrick harris's character he just wore suits that's like all he ever wore <laughs> Um, anyway, so I, I don't know that, but that's their authentic self, you know, maybe that's formal, but like that, that's you, that's cool. I just For love sure. that. So, but yeah, to your point though, that, that idea of, uh, it's about emotional intelligence, right? Like when do I become my authentic self and when do I become more professional? You know, um, like if I have to deliver like hard news, bad news, you're getting laid off. Like you don't want to be joking around and being a jerk about it. You got to be That's like true. professional and formal and like maybe a little bit more buttoned up um, depending on the, the, the environment. And I think it's just being aware of your surroundings and knowing like, Hey, uh, maybe I should just like lay off the stupid jokes. Cause right now, <laughs> right now is not the time for it. Well, we went through a layoff um, and there was a time yeah. period where, we didn't want to make any jokes because we felt like, oh, geez, are, are these people involved in it? We don't know. And, you know, it's like, yeah, it's just the situation can can dictate it for sure. I think you had a funny story. Uh, you were said you were going to say uh, tell about uh, emotional intelligence, something that maybe happened to you in the past. Oh, yeah. All right. So, um, yeah. So this is a, an interesting story that relates to, uh, to when to be appropriate or not. So I was uh, at work one time and. Um, I was talking to one of the like really high up people. It was like C-level executive was in the office 
And, you know, for me, I personally, I try to be my, uh, you know, just like my, myself. I, I don't like to be too, too formal. Um, and I was talking to this guy and, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but I said something like, um, oh, you know, I just, uh, I, I wanted to email this guy. I said, you know, whatever, just fuck it. And he just looked at me. He like raised his eyebrow and he goes, okay. <laughs> and like, I knew at that moment I was like, why did I say that? Oh, oh God. Man. I was just like, it should have just like screw it or the hell with it or something would have been way more appropriate. He just looked at me and he's like, and that was the end of the conversation. He's like, all right, great. Well, I'll talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh God, You're what, over. Did I do? what did I do? It doesn't matter. I don't work there anymore anyway. But yeah, I was just like, um, oh God, that was such a stupid, dumb thing to say. But that was me. Like that was my normal self. I, I always was like, yeah, I curse a lot. Amy always tells me I curse too much. Uh, and I just like let it out. I just let it out. I shouldn't, that was not the appropriate pr place for it. Um, and I, um, you know, who knows if that like burned, I, I doubt that guy really cared all that much. I'm sure, uh, he, it didn't stick with him, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe he still thinks about it this day. He's like, that guy cursed at me and I'll never forgive him. Um, <laughs> I kind of doubt it, but you know, anyway, that's just like, you're on his cursor's blacklist. Yeah. Don't ever hire this dude. Yeah. Cross him again in a dark alley. <laughs> But yeah, so like, um, so this idea of emotional intelligence, it, it certainly helps and, and I'm, I'm certainly guilty of it too, but. Yeah. So that, that kind of leads us into, you know, we started talking about how to act at work, but it all, it all kind of comes down to what is your identity, you know, as a, mm -hmm. as a person, because your identity is the mix between your personal and your professional self and how you present it and when you present it and all that stuff. Um, and I actually had an example or, uh, uh. I don't know if this is an anecdote or what. Um, I can be honest with you. I don't even know if this is 100% accurate, but I remember it from MTV uh, in like 2001. I think it's, well, it's 2001. Gotta be true. It's um, got to be true. If it was an MTV, it's true. It's got to be true. So my main man, Johnny Rzeznik of the, uh, the band The Goo Goo Dolls, um, was, you know, they hadn't made music for a while. And it was right before this movie City of Angels came out, um, the one where Nicolas Cage was an angel. Um, spoiler alert, and I'm not going to give yep. it away because I never saw it, so I don't know that the spoiler would be. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert. He yeah, someone dies out or something. I don't know. Um, and so there was a song from that movie called Iris that was really, really popular. And it was like, you, if you heard it right now, you'd be like, geez, that song is like was like huge for years. I don't know why it was so big. What song? Um, Can you sing it for me? I don't know what song you're talking about. Yeah, it was, like, it was like, give up forever to touch you. Oh, is you know that from I mean? this song? Oh, yeah. Because yeah, 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 I don't yeah. dare um, to dare to understand. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah you got it. <laughs> and uh, and a uh, funny story about that. Um, to play that song, he tuned every string to F. That's why it sounds so open and free. I don't know. What? Thought How that was is that possible? Is that even? It's possible. Like yeah, no, I did it. I did it to try it out. Um, and uh, it sounds beautiful. Um, so, how are they all the same F? They have to be like uh, different... Um, I'm I'm a drummer. I'm not a guitar player. Uh, what do you call the different um, notes of F? They're not the notes, but pitch, different pitches of F. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not all the same actual like octave. Um, it's different octaves, oh, but yeah, weird. the whole of your string. So he made the song. It was really popular, and for a while he had gone through kind of a dark period before he wrote this song and it became popular. And what he said was he was like he was sitting around. He was thinking, I'm a songwriter and I'm a trash I'm a trash pickup guy. I'm a songwriter and I am a bricklayer. I'm a, you know, basically he was, he was imagining every, everything that doesn't require a ton of, uh, uh, 
skill to do, like low skill work or whatever. He was like, I, I just, I don't have anything I'm great at other than writing songs. And he kind of had a little bit of a like, uh, he had to kind of deal with that. Um, and it was, it just made me think like, wow, he like, he, he inspected his own identity and realized that his whole identity was wrapped up in his job. It wasn't, oh, yeah. it wasn't like, I'm a, I'm a songwriter and I'm a dad and I'm a husband. And I thought I didn't think he even had a kid or whatever. Maybe he did. And he didn't even consider that as part of his identity. Um, the one other quote from him, just to be clear, uh, he's not always as um, uh, thoughtful is uh, he said, I wasn't good at sports and I needed a way to make girls like me. That's why he did music. <laughs> um, so that's so I, I don't want to give Johnny Rzeznik all the, all the credit here. Um, um, famous chess player doesn't usually work. Um, <laughs> garbage man, probably not, but probably not. Um, so it's just something that like, you know, the, the thing that people often do and gets them in the trouble, like if you feel like you're, you know, at a, in a rut in your job, because let's say like right now, a lot of people are going through layoffs. So people go through a layoff. And they feel like everything they devoted to that job was everything about them, you know? Um, And it's, it's, uh, it can be crippling, you know, to not have anything outside of your job. We talked about this a a little bit, I think we touched on at least in in one of our earlier episodes where we were talking about job hunting, I think, Um, like tying, tying your full self to your work. What happens when that work and that job goes away? What are you? Yeah. You know, like in this case, this guy, um, the Google Dolls guy, like if the Google Dolls were to go away, what is he? You know, I guess he could sell his songs perhaps, but, you know, what happens if he, I don't know, got a brain injury and suddenly he couldn't write songs anymore, but he could do everything else, you know, like he's, that's it. He's done. Um, You know, um, take a painting, I guess. Um, but you know, like, uh, to me, like, uh, tying myself to what I do, um, is a little bit different from tying it to my work, you know, like we, we talked about this before, but finding my, why my, like wanting to be a designer, an enterprise designer to make lives better for, for working people, um, isn't tied to that job that I have, right. It's just something that I want to do. Um, and so I guess, I guess it's just risky to say like your first example, like I want to merge my work self and my personal self. Like what, what do your kids have to say about that? Right. <laughs> you know, uh, do your kids care? Do your wife, I'm sure she probably has something to say about that. Does that mean your phone is on, on you at all times answering work? And it's interesting too, cause like at work, you know, sometimes some people, at least they'll get work phones and they're, they've got notifications going off constantly, emails and well, we work for an international companies, so they might be dealing with people in across the world sending them emails in the middle of the night, and and you're responding to them, and you know, um, I don't know, you're getting notifications. It's like it just seems uh, so too risky to me to merge the two. I think bringing your authentic self to work. I, I guess the the thing I, I I'm wary of is bringing the work self home with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the thing I think that like kind of frightens me about it is is bringing your work self home. Um, I'm all about bringing more of your personal self to work where it's appropriate. I'm not sure I like bringing the work self home unless there's certain things that perhaps that you could bring a value. 
home. Like perhaps the CEO thought there was value in his leadership style and maybe he could bring that home or, you know, training that he did at work that he felt he could, that could apply to his personal life. Maybe, I don't know. That's a risky thing. That just kind of scares me a little bit. I was actually doing some research for this episode, just seeing what other, other websites had to say. And there was an article that we'll post in the show notes from Forbes that was like very wary of this whole concept of, of bringing your authentic self to work. And it wasn't necessarily to say like, we shouldn't be, you know, openly gay at work, uh, if we feel comfortable doing that, or we shouldn't, you know, um, put, you know, pictures of our kids on our desk if we, if we want to do that. I think it was more this idea of merging the two, being inappropriate, perhaps someone it wasn't, uh, valid. So, uh, I don't know. It made some good arguments. Um, and it, it was kind of interesting, but I don't know, merging them, it just seems like a strange concept to me. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's like identities of people, um, when you when you start thinking about how they're shaped uh, over time, you can think about the CEO who wants to kind of merge his. You think about a new employee who may be new to the whole industry. The their identities are at different strengths, so they're not all. Some are made of glass, some are made of steel, and they've been refined and and um, you know uh, tempered over the years to not be broken as easily when. You meet a new person, you can't assume their identity has been tempered. Their identity may be very, very fragile. And one thing I would implore you to do is always assume that the identity of the person that you're interacting with, especially when you need to code switch, when you feel unfamiliar, when you're in a new environment, when you're in a work environment that's different than your home environment, all this stuff, everyone's identity is potentially as can snap as quickly as a branch on a tree. Mm. And it's just like, the point. you know, um, so that level of, um, that level of emotional intelligence is something that you can build up by just practicing. Hey, you know, this person that I'm meeting for the first time, um, you know, their identity may not be very strong. Maybe they only think that they're good at one thing. Let me help them out. Like, let me, let me assume that, that, you know, they may not feel as comfortable in this area and just feel them out a little bit. You can't always, you can't always over, uh, overdo it, but, um, you know, it's just something that, um, you keep in mind. Yeah. Well, that's the, the other thing that I, I think about too, um, with this is, you, you know, you talked about the, the company culture as a leader, you know, you can help shape that culture and kind of, uh, um, embrace certain aspects of a thing. But I think what's important, and this was something that I, I read in one of these articles, um, and I'll link to it. I'll find which one it was, and then I'll link to it. But it was talking about how, like, as a as a leader in a, a company, it's important to have culture that makes sense and there's a reason for that culture. So, you know, if we're at, at Commander's Palace and our, our customers expect a certain level of, you know, formality, um, there's a reason why we're formal. You know, if our, if our customers didn't expect that level of formality, there's no reason to be formal anymore. You know, at a bank, for instance, we have CEOs come in, we have big multi-million dollar, you know, clients coming in and they're very formal. So we need to be formal and that's why we're formal. And that's why we don't have, you know, we don't wear crazy colored pants in this particular office, but the software team who might not interact with that company or that, that uh, multi-million dollar customer, if they work for that bank, 
there might not be a reason to enact certain uh, you know dress codes for that software team if they're in a different building and they're never going to see a, con- a, a customer, right? Um, so as a leader, I think one of the things it's kind of interesting to think about is important to just kind of pick the cultures or, or pick the, the, the items of that culture that make sense and keep them, but don't keep them around simply because it's the way you've always done it. You know, yeah. Um, which which kind of leads me to the next thing that I'm thinking about is like when I'm going to interview at a company, I think it's really important to try to understand what that culture is like before you ever get there, so that you don't even have to worry about being inauthentic, right? Yeah. So, like for instance, if I'm going in an interview. Um, you know, this is something that I kind of do a lot is I will dress down for the interviews. Like I, I might wear a tie or something, but like I would usually what I'll do is like, I'll dress like, and I think a designer can maybe be a little bit more quirky. So maybe I have some leeway here, but like I'll wear like a really bright colored shirt and like a tie or like, uh, like I have this like orange tie with like a, a shirt and, uh, like a lighter shirt and like a khaki colored jacket if I need to like, if it's someplace fancier or like, I won't even wear the jacket or maybe I'll just wear like t-shirt and jeans. I don't know. But like, I, I don't, I don't tend to like over form, uh, or what's the right word. <laughs> I don't like or, get overly formal when there I go, go into interviews and I talk, I talk like I do now and I'll say, man, and I'll even say like hell or damn, I try not to say the, <laughs> the F word, <laughs> but, um, you know, to see like, wh- how do they react to me saying something like hell or damn? In an mm. interview, because if I don't get the job because I said "damn" in an interview, it's probably a really good thing. <laughs> because if like if if I got that job, I can only imagine how much trouble I'd be in, and how little time I would have actually ended up spending there. I probably would have quit pretty pretty quickly. Um, so I think it's like really important to like bring your authentic self to, especially to the interview, and not try to fake it. Because if you're faking at the interview, they're going to expect you to be that way when you get the job. And then that's when you're going to be like, oh, my God, this is so inauthentic, right? Um, If you are yourself in the interview and then they hire you and then you end up getting there and it's it's just unfamiliar, then that's when you can like grow and understand like why is this unfamiliar? Um, Do I need to grow and do I need to get to change myself in some way for the better perhaps? I think about like moving from like Commander's Palace or moving from Chili's to Commander's Palace. You know, maybe they liked my personality and they saw something in me, but they expected to mold me when I got there, right? So when I got there and they said, no, you can't say that or no, you can't do that or you have to wear this. It's not about being inauthentic. It's about growing into that role so that I fit the culture of Commander's Palace if that's the job I actually wanted. I think that's the other thing too, is don't get the job just because you're going to make more money. You're probably going to be miserable. But if you really like that lifestyle, you like the food, you know, um, the wine and things like that, you're never going to get that at Chili's, right? You're getting other things out of it. Maybe you have to change yourself in some way to fit. And then you could always code switch when you go home or something and, and be more uh, informal outside of the office. Um, so anyway, that's just sort of my thought on that. It's funny. I, had a th- I have a theory. I want to hear your thought on this theory. New theory. Brand new. Um, so, so check it out. Companies and organizations naturally lean toward the culture of the people that give them the most money. Oh, yeah. Think about this. That's so like think true. about banks. For a long time, banks were very stuffy. 
right? Yep. And they, some of them still are. As they move money between each other, banks are the customers of other banks. They started to realize, wow, people are actually important customers too. We need to be more casual so we can adapt to more people. Google, search engine for everyone. We need to be a culture that can accept everyone. Commander's Palace. Food's expensive. The ingredients are top quality. Everything is expensive. They only have the finest wines. You know, like, you don't go there and you say, like, you know, uh, give me a, um, whatever, like a, a, a Franzia, you know? <laughs> yeah. You have, you have box wine? Do you have any Boone's Farm back yeah, there? Yeah, you have Boone's Farm? Um, I like it sweet. I like my wine <laughs> sweet, like a grape juice. Um, oh, God. And so, I have you know, a, I wonder if I that's have a really part of funny it. story. You yeah, hit really me with the story. Okay, so um, my sister swears that this is not true, but I vividly remember this. Um, so my dad took my sister to Commander's Palace. Um, and I say I vividly remember this. My, I vividly remember my dad telling me this because I didn't go. But for our 18th birthdays, my dad took me. Uh, and, he, and then for my sister's 18th birthday, he took her. So, you know, it's expensive. He didn't bring us both each time. So anyway, uh, she ordered my sister's very picky. Um, and I love my sister to death. I feel bad. This, she's, this is also uh, to be perfectly fair, 20 years ago. Right. So she's like almost, she's like about 38. She's almost my age. Um, we're a year and a half apart. So she's a year and a half younger than me and I'm almost 40. So that anyway, almost 20 years ago, getting sidetracked. Um, so she's very, she was very picky at the time and she basically ordered this thing. And the guy was like, uh, yeah, we have this special today and it's chicken with something or other and wrapped in this and stuffed with something and served sauce and vegetables on the side she ended up basically can i have that but like can you hold this thing and i don't want that other thing and i don't want the sauce here can you put the sauce on the side and this and instead of that that like vegetable can i just get like french fries <laughs> so she basically got like a, a grilled chicken breast and like french fries from commander's palace and then uh derek she asked for ketchup oh she asked for ketchup so the guy was like sure i'll get you some ketchup <laughs> So he was gone for a little while and he comes back with like a bottle of ketchup and he's like, here you go. And then when my dad got the bill, they put the ketchup on the bill. <laughs> so the dude walked down the street to a little store, picked up a bottle of ketchup, came back and then charged my dad for the ketchup. That's funny. Um, and that's what happens when you go to Commander's Palace. Um, so anyway, uh, that's a funny story. My sister and swears up and down, but that's not true. My dad says it is. So I don't uh-huh. know. This is, again, 20 years ago, so who knows um, if we'll ever, under, we'll ever know who's, who's telling the truth. But my sister brought her, her authentic self to Commander's Palace, and they charge her for a <laughs> They charge you for it. <laughs> It's going to cost you if you bring your authentic self outside of your outside of the culture that it's already that's already there. Maybe that's the lesson. <laughs> that was anyway, a good one. But there's okay. So there's one other thing, and I think this actually ties back to our episode last week. Tie it all and together. We released it right before Christmas, so you may have missed it. But it's all about finding your why, right? And I think that if you find your why, and like why do you love doing something, I think you're more likely to find a company that fits closer with your personal values and therefore being authentic at work won't be that out of place. Yeah. Right. I like that. Like if I find a company that matches my values, I don't have to pretend I can be my authentic self and it's not like a, a juggling act or, or a, you know, um, trying to figure out who am I right now and code switching back and forth. It's just natural. It's just authentic. It's just you and, and you're happy and they're happy and, Everybody's happy. A lot of happy people out there. Yeah. A lot of happy people. You're right. So anyway, find your why, Derek. We found our why. 
Well, I think that's uh, it's coming up on time here, Jeremy. Um, this is a good one. I think so. Plus, uh, I don't know if you heard me mention it before, Derek, but uh, we have stickers. Stickers. RetroTimePodcast.com. Check them out. RetroTimePodcast.com slash stickers. Get your stickers. Subscribe, like, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts. And our offer is still on the table um, for Derek to write you your own personal song if, and only if, you leave a five-star review and you tell us, uh, you leave a little review on uh, one of those one of those websites where they allow you to do that. Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts. I don't think Google lets you leave a comment and stuff. But uh, do that. Good question. And uh, Derek will write you a song. And um, we'll also be your best friend. Yep. For life. No lie. Yeah. After the after COVID's over, we'll hang out yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. It's true. All right. Well, this was a good one, Derek. Yeah, I like this, man. Find your find your why and then everything else falls into place. Yep. And don't say the F word to a CEO level executive. That's probably a bad idea. Mm, fuck no. I learned that the hard way. Yep. All right, man. All right. We'll see you next time, everybody. Take it easy. RetroTimePodcast.com. Get your stickers before they run out. Take it easy, everybody. See you. Ah, You're over.